0: Hello, hello, hello. We're back. It's Steamy May here in NYC, and we are bloodied, broken, yet unbowed. We are still Team Vintage Sand. Uh, Members inclusive being John Meyer. Say hello to the nice people, Johnny. The fabulous Michael Edmund. Hello. And your humble narrator, Josh Cabot. We are so glad to be back. It's been a little while, but we are excited because uh, this is going to be the second episode that we have devoted to a single director back uh, in episode 27. I don't even remember when that was. Uh, it turned out it was one of our most popular episodes. If you look at the numbers, we did an episode really? just on Bong Joon-ho, and who, you know, of course, had just won the, uh, the Oscar for Parasite, a couple of Oscars for Parasite. And um, and so we decided to uh, apply the same treatment to his successor as best director. So today in episode 39, we're calling it our director's cut, the films of Chloe Zhao. Now, we have a lot fewer to work with because there are only four... And you might even say three and a half, because I'm not sure Eternals is a real movie, but I don't, well, I don't know what that was. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. It was but, two
1: hours and 45 minutes.
0: Yep, that you'll never get back. But, but what, what, well, well, we'll talk about it, but I guess that means next we have to do Jane Campion at some point for doing uh, Best Director uh, winners in a row. Um, but, you know, I, I I found this quote, you know, she had done these two tiny little films, you know, Songs My Brother Taught Me and The Rider, and and then she was able to get Frances McDormand to do *Nomadland*, and they asked Frances McDormand, "Why are you working with this person?" And Frances McDormand said that she loves Chloe Zhao because, quote, "She understands the line between sentiment and sentimentality." Yes, yes I love that I quote, that. and I think it is a perfect way to sum her up. So, I mean. Well I I think
2: that hits on like the, the whole all the movies because the movies the uh, the emotion it's just, it's very evocative you can tell that's what she's she's going for the whole time the way she uses the camera everything it's it's to get you to be to to, to really Get involved with those characters, right? But in moments that could have been weepy and
0: sentimental, right. she always pulls back a little bit. And you know, for example, one thing I noticed, and we'll talk about that too, is that she, except in Eternals, she very rarely uses soundtrack music. She uses it very sparingly. Right. So yep. she's very, no- very little. And yeah. of course, Chloe's noted for even in Nomadland, she is noted for not using
2: professional actors. Right. You know, doing Which, the Brisson thing there. Yeah. Which works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. Is it? works both ways it's See, it doesn't work for me yeah it's, it's I mean, a, well, well started, as an actor she's i'm she's not sure she's kind of created her own genre it's sort of a fusion of your classic feature film and a documentary
0: yes very much a verité style lots of yeah. handheld lots so yeah. you really feel but like you're there it's not
2: showy at all i mean no yeah
0: yeah, Chloe, not Joey, and there you no go. No pun intended. There, none taken, and there you go. And she, uh, you know, what? What I'm really interested in in is sort of looking at this from an auteurist perspective, which we always do, because songs my brother taught me and the writer were both very, you know, bargain basement budget, as Mike says, you know, not you know not professional actors, possibly to their detriment, and you know the second pair is, you know, the Oscar-winning Nomadland, and then this huge-budget professional Marvel uh, film that... But, you know, I spoke to a lot of Marvel people, I know a lot of Marvel people, and many of them consider Eternals to be the worst yes. of the Marvel films. Yes, Which is interesting, but... I,
1: I, I've had the same experience with, in fact, a couple of listeners yeah. to our podcast to a Marvel fans said... Uh, Oh my God! You have to. You're going to watch Eternals because they know I don't like Marvel to begin with.
2: Well, well I, I kind mm-hmm. of ad- admired what she tried to do with the so-called super superhero genre. That trying to elevate it to, you know, thematically, it just it weighed a ton. It weighed a ton. It was too long, and it ha- and I think it's, it's the central character. Of the actress is uh, she's okay. It's, it, well, it's a hard part to pull off because the whole central idea is she stays calm and as there's chaos around her and it's like well Unfortunately, when you're watching that all the time, it just—it's not very interesting. About two hours into it. No, and what I didn't like
0: about we'll, again we'll talk about it when we get to it. But you know, half the half the movie was the Blues Brothers. I mean, let's get the band back together. So yes. we spent yeah. so much more time. Than, I think
1: it was more than half.
0: Yeah, getting the band back together. We could have done that a little more quickly. But again, pleasant surprise. Selma Hayek was good. Even Angelina Jolie was good. There was some fairly solid performances from people you wouldn't necessarily expect. I mean. I think it's most successful obviously in Nomadland where she's got Frances McDormand she's got David Strathairn who's always
2: always, good. always always wonderful good. yeah
0: and the only thing i liked about nightmare alley by the way and uh and the rest are non professor and you know some of the non professor her friend uh, linda may there is great and of course bob wells who is the real life leader of that movement right that that speech at the end you know we talked about it when we talked about the oscars in 2020 where he says you know i i I cannot imagine a world where I'm alive and my son isn't, you know, and we, you know, we're not going to lose each other and that's why we never say goodbye. We say, see you on down the road. Yeah. And I don't know if a pres- professional actor could have done that as convincingly. Maybe.
2: but uh, I, I, uh,
0: I, I think so. I think so, too. But it was clear with Eternals that they were trying to do a Ryan Coogler. They were trying to take a, a, a sort of an indie yeah. director... Put him, in the, put him or her in the Marvel context and see what you would get. And I, yeah. I admire them for doing it. Listen, yeah. you know, D- Disney's the folks that let Julie Tamer direct Lion King on stage. Apparently, against, I guess there's going to be a
2: sequel because yeah. of the way it ended. Said at so, the end, yeah. there's going
0: to be uh, yeah. e- e-
2: e- have more Eternal. <laughs> what do you call this so <laughs> I take it we
1: all saw the codas at the end yes Both you have them? to with, yes. Marvel,
0: with the Marvel films you have to sit through the very last so one thing though that clearly ties all of her films together is that for her the Black Hills and the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota shows up very prominently in the first two, for a while in uh, when she works at Wall Drug in uh, Nomadland, yeah, yeah. and even shows so that's where Selma Hayek's hiding out in. Um, right. yeah. A, a, in so she, yeah, so listen, I'm not comparing her to John Ford, but she treats that area of the country the way John Ford treated north uh, northeastern Arizona Monument Valley. I mean, that's Ford.
2: That was Ford Country. The Black Hills are sort of Zhao Country. Okay, it's really interesting to bring that because it's. The one that I like the most is the first one. Songs My Brother Tom. Yeah. Um, I mean, non-professional actors, of course, but I, I think there's something about that one that I found really pulled into And in the last 15 minutes or so. I found to be very moving. Very moving. But um, the opening shot of the movie is classic, old, classic Hollywood you movie beg. making. That, that shot of him on the horse pulling up towards the camera, That's it's... Very evocative that all of that, um, you know, romanticized, mythologized version of the old West. But then you quickly find out well, that's not what this movie is. She's exposing what it really was like to have to live that way on the Pine Ridge Reservation, which obviously was horrible. Right, and the people
0: from whom who our cowboy heroes took yeah. their land from.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I exactly. mean,
0: not to put too fine a point I on it. I guess
1: my problem with that movie. And it wasn't a huge problem. Uh, I, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, was I never for a minute, for a second, thought that he was going to go to Los Angeles? Gonna really leave? Never. I, it just, and, and I was very disappointed in the scene, which I thought really could have been interesting. With all the half brothers, when they all get together,
0: yeah, well, right. Because the fathers had twenty-five kids by nine I different women, yeah, exactly. And I don't
1: know if it had to do with the lack of acting or uh, or the writing in it. See, I'm I'm not an enthusiastic uh, uh, on her writing. I, I don't can know. I can definitely see why she did not win best screenplay for, for No Nomad Land. Yeah. Or why or while the father just... Why the father did and the father i've now seen three times it is a far superior script to nomadland does she let her people improvise i think she does i think she allows for some improvisation she
2: she's very big on observing people offset and how they interact and will rewrite things or make up things or expand a certain moment that she's seen offset and put that in the movie. Well
0: then that she reminds me of Deborah Granick and you guys yeah. know how yeah. much I love Deborah Granick. Deborah Granick per- I
1: think is is, is far better. more compelling.
0: Yeah and, and but As like Deborah Granick she creates a very powerful sense of time and place. You mm-hmm. feel like you've known this place for a long time. And she does it. But you know there's And she a- uses real actors. <laughs> you know, well, but there is some really, you know, there's a lot of Terrence Malick, Days of Heaven. Oh, here, yes, right? definitely. Well, that, the, of, the way
2: she uses the camera is very, very reminiscent of, that, of Terrence true. Malick.
0: Right, I mean, a yeah. lot of very painterly golden hour, purple light, yeah. and those shots of the storms rolling in, yeah. and, you know, yeah. in the in that, in the oh, writer. Oh, yeah, the,
2: so, uh, I mean, some of the shots are... Gorgeous.
0: Well, and credit has to be given to her, her partner in this, her DP, who's worked on all four of the films, uh, who she met at NYU at film school, uh, Joshua James Richards, who
3: did not win that cinematography was, uh, for uh, Nomadland. Land. It was, was Mank.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> What a joke. That was a joke. I (laughs) agree with
0: you there. That was terrible. So I also see a little bit of of the Italian neorealists here in casting non-actors. Or as in Nomadland where you had Aldo Fabrizi and um, Anna Magnani who were real actors interacting with non-actors in Rome Open City. So you have that in Nomadland and I
2: think that works works pretty well.
0: And also I
2: think... My problem with Land is that it's like two different movies fused together you've got the discovery of this this kind of lifestyle and the Francis McDormand character which as you as it goes along you realize is she's yearning for intimacy to be close to people, yet she keeps making decisions that alienate herself. Well, because she can't... And, and she, I know because of what happened. She had this traumatic thing that happened to her, mm-hmm. but it... No, but she just, can't
0: stand boundaries. Yeah. That, I mean, she says that the thing yeah. she loved most about her house in empire was that the back, it, was a, it was a factory town house, yeah. but it looked out on the desert and the mountains, right. and we see it at the right. end. And you know,
1: she is a totally fictional character. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. no, but, but and the and the idea, I love when she goes to try to live with David Strait there and, and his family, and she's welcome with open arms, and she's I know, rugs, she, 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 she but keeps, she can't, can't do it, she can't do it. She literally, that's one of my favorite moments in the film, is that she walks out of bed, walks outside, and goes to sleep in the van. I know. She
2: so, can't,
0: and and ends up at the ocean. You know, she ends up at a place yeah. where there are no limits. So, that, I mean, but only, well, only Frances, a non-actress could not have pulled that off. Probably. No, I, 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 would,
1: I, I would think that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, and, um, you know, also, although there's nothing relating the two, I mean, there's, I got a, a very kind of Billy Wilder sense about it in the sense that Wilder, no, at, not in terms of how the film is put together, but as an immigrant, that Wilder and those other German immigrants of the 30s and 40s seem to have such a handle on America, on American language, on, on the soul of America, mm-hmm. in a de Tocqueville kind of way, that it almost takes an outsider to really understand. Yeah. Now, what, what
1: do you think of one of the criticisms? big criticisms of Land was the uh, depoliticizing?
0: I think that's completely besides the point. This is not meant to be an anti-Amazon. It's not Michael Moore taking down Amazon. No,
1: but Amazon comes off looking pretty good in that movie.
0: Well, no, but but I but to me it was much this seeing it back to back with the writer where you know where Brandon's forced to like work at Dakota Mart you know with a price gun and you know it, that that was the connection for me it wasn't so much Amazon it was like the soullessness of being in that 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 store world you know well, if I didn't
1: know any better I would. I thought that uh, working at Amazon looked very appealing in that movie. And from what I hear, it is not. No, it's, it's yes. horrifying. That's why everyone's
0: trying to unionize. Yeah. I, I, Listen, yeah. I, she definitely ignored it. Well, she it, had it, to. They wouldn't
1: have allowed her to shoot yeah. there. It, it,
0: did, it didn't bother me. And the fact is that it, it reminded me of, of course, you know, of Grapes of Wrath. And in its structure, that it's so episodic. You know, because wandering from job to job to job and then something happens and she the has to leave the job. You
1: saw the politics in there. Yes, oh, yeah.
0: which is yeah. so odd from Ford, you know, he such did. a conservative well, to do I such a... I don't think he was
1: that conservative.
0: But, um... Frankly. But yeah. He hated Cecil B. DeMille. Well, that's an easy. That's a, that's a <laughs> low target. No-brainer. <laughs> so, I mean, I think there is a lot going on here. I, th- I think we can all agree that Eternals was a misstep, but I think there's just
2: a really interesting I don't know if vision. It a misstep as much as it was. I mean, I kind of, like I said before, I kind of admire what she was trying to do with it. It's just. It's almost like she has no sense of humor at all.
1: No. Although I heard her interviewed on um, uh, the comedian. Um, Hey, um... I don't know. Oh, lesbian comedian, and she has this podcast. Tig Notaro? Yes. Yeah. And, um... She, uh, comes off as a very pleasant, very... It does have humor. They don't... They didn't really talk about the movies so much, but she came off very well. No,
0: but she's... She sees it You... you you can tell that the America she sees is through immigrants' eyes. She came here when yeah. she was 15, yeah. and she well, definitely she obviously has that is, is
2: drawn towards subject matter that is about the disenfranchised. Right, exactly. My only
1: real problem as a film watcher, and one of my uh, friends said the interior scenes were so hard to see at times. It was like, was she using Dogma 95?
0: I don't know, but I mean, she was definitely like minimal music, minimal music. Because there was music. sometimes
1: I couldn't tell who was talking, except yeah. for the uh, deaf person who had, uh, you know. In, uh, in Ryder. No, I'm talking about uh, in, uh, um, in um, oh. Eternals. In Eternals, yeah. Except for right, the deaf amazing, person, yeah. yeah. I, I could see her the subtitles, but I sometimes couldn't tell who was talking because the scenes were so dark. And I don't think it was my computer.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I <laughs> yeah. mean, yeah, she does go for that verite style, you know. And some of, it, I mean, there's so much diegetic music. We spend so much time listening to the music that someone has on the car radio. Yeah. I mean, she's really
2: trying to bring us in there, and mm-hmm. yeah. you know, not remind us that we're watching a movie. Well, also, there were so many ideas floating around in the Eternals, and it's like, yeah, it was maybe too, have it's just like it's, it's too, too much. much My too, brain is going to explode. Totally agree. It may, so, have, it may have worked better as a miniseries.
0: So, Songs My Brother Taught Me came out in 2014, I think it was. And, you know, it is, if Chloe Zhao has a, se- a theme that we can sort of trace through all four, oh, yeah. it's family. And yes. the family that we have, the family that we lose, and the family that we choose yeah. to, uh, to surround us, as in Nomadland. Yeah. So, uh, and Songs My Brother Taught Me is about Johnny, who, as Mike pointed out, is a young, um, uh, I, don't, I think he's Lakota Sioux. Um uh yes. on the, and, and is dreaming from the very beginning of leaving and with his girlfriend and heading out to Los Angeles and escaping the life um although he is the person to whom he's closest in the world is his sister Tashawn yes. and I, that struck that was a very believable relationship to me I
2: but but so you like that the best of the four No I did He did Oh you like that the best yeah. of the four yeah, I don't know. Something about that one got to me. I, I, it, I, I, I became involved with that one, and because the, the writer, which has gotten a lot of praise.
1: Oh, that's I saw it at the theater because I it won not the New York. Crazy York uh, about it. I just thought there society. was some nice
2: moments, and it would have been much better with professional actors.
1: I, I feel that way about both those films, frankly.
2: Interesting.
0: And I don't ask this in a snarky way, do you? I mean, because if you think about non actors, you think Brisson. Uh, Do you you feel that way about some of his films that you know, Pickpocket
2: or Man Escaped? Maybe maybe if I
1: spoke the language fluently, I might. Who knows? Yeah,
2: I I don't. I I don't. Yeah, but that's an interesting.
1: Once in a great while, a non actor will appear in a film, and it will will work. One of the prime examples for me is Otto Preminger's Anatomy of a Murder. Because uh, Joseph Welch, oh right, as the judge, as the judge, definitely not an actor. You can tell, but the fact that the judge was an outside character, he did not belong to that whole yeah. community.
0: Yeah, it made it work. Made it work. And and Preminger wanted him because that voice, you know, yes. have you at last, sir? No yes. sense of well, decency. Well, also, yet.
2: also, I, you have non actors playing basically playing themselves. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe maybe that's right. harder to do. I yeah, don't know.
1: Maybe. John Cassavetes at times, who I do admire as a director, uses his mother and mother-in-law as actors. And uh, Jenna Rollins is a great actress. Lady Rollins is not. No. Well,
2: <laughs> I mean, it's just... Well, it's, and then there's Martin Scorsese's mother. Right.
0: She, I'd have never minded. <laughs> Rob Reiner's mom has the best line in When Harry Met Sally. Well, she actually was an actress. <laughs> she was. Estelle Reiner was an actress. Oh, I'll have so what she's having. That's
1: not... Uh, <laughs>
0: so, so, one of the things, you know, in this, as we said, you know, Carl, the father who's died in a fire, has, you know, 25 kids with nine different women. Uh, it, it, Johnny and Sean's mom is just complete. she's barely even a presence there. She's yeah. emotionally just... You know, wiped that The brother is serving time. Yep. Right. the brother in prison. Who, which is my the favorite
2: sister Se- him when he goes to seems like get off the res. My yeah. favorite
1: scene in the film was with the brother in, in locked up and the mother. Yes. Oh yeah. That was the one scene yeah. that really yeah. kind of grabbed me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. That was a good moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I, I, I guess I wish that movie had more moments like
2: that. Yeah. Um, you have a point though. It's it's you kind of know these. never. The thing that got me though at the end was that first of all, I really I I, I love the girl. I just I just found her so endearing. Jay Yeah. I love but, um, when she
0: goes to work for the the artist.
2: I know. And is like you know running his business there. <laughs> it's it, it's it's lovely. But, um, the one I thought part, part, a moment that I thought was very strange is that he doesn't. He decides he's going to go back. He's not going to leave. But he doesn't even go and talk to his girlfriend. And, no, and yeah, he her. sees they're all standing in the and, backyard and it's like, there, and, and I was like, it made me mad. It's like you jerk, <laughs>
0: go and go and talk to her. Yeah, I mean she's lovely. I mean, yeah.
1: Well, gaps in the screenplay—that's my problem with her as a screenwriter. Interesting. And, and you know,
0: but the, there is a larger extended family. The entire community tends to yeah. look out for the kids best they can, and of course, that comes up big well, they're, in. They're
2: practically all related,
0: right, well, And that comes <laughs> up big in, in *Nomadland*, and in a sense, it comes up in um, *In, in uh, Eternals* too, because they're they're yeah. uh, they sort of you know, they look after each other. Family, you know, family is everything. And, um, you know, but I I found that... First of all, I just love the scenes where just Johnny and Jay Sean running around the Black Hills and echoing, you know, and I just found those very... And and as you said, the connection was real. I felt a real connection between the two of them. And then, you know, I, I guess... What are we supposed to make of that ending? He 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 comes. He I think he stays because of Jay Sean. I think. Oh yeah. He, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. yeah and,
2: he's he's well. He feels guilty. I mean, he, he's. Uh, it's like that. Well, am I going to make this choice or like? And she's thinking, what's going to happen to them with that mother? Is, right. And
0: so, and so he's. I mean, the last thing we see him, he's working in his friend's dad's garage. Yeah, which is actually a smart thing. Right, that was he's got he, a steady he job. He made,
2: made a good step in the right direction. Because yeah, because he had that that half brother who, who seemed to have a brain. <laughs> well, and also how he was making money before.
0: Remember, was yeah. running illegal alcohol, yeah. and yeah. The, and then you know the other guy, the other gang found him. They yeah. you know they blow up his truck and they beat right. the crap out of him. Right. And that's a really disturbing scenes so yeah i think it is kind of an optimistic ending and but that's that's the other big theme in the first three is economics is the fact that i love the scene in the high school where like you know what do you want to do yeah i know i want i want to be a rodeo rider one girl says i want to be a lawyer yeah right and the fact that their uh, their economic horizons are so limited yeah. Um, yeah, is something that comes up over and over again in the first three films. Not in Eternals, of course, because it's a different kind of story. Yeah. But yeah, definitely worth seeing. "Songs My Brother Taught Me." It's uh, it's it's out on DVD. I think it's beautiful, and I I, I like the writer too. Well, the writer's it's, the
1: only one I saw at a theater. It's the only one of the four. It must have been beautiful it on was a big Mike. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, and sort of. What and I the, knew nothing about her. All I knew is. Best Picture of the Year, National Society of Film Critics. It was at the uh, the now defunct uh, Fifty Seventh? for the whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, of course.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he does. He, he does. He's into premature evacuation. He does leave a little bit early.
1: <laughs> no, I did. I did not. I I I watched all four films from beginning to end, including the Eternals. <laughs>
0: So, um, and then you know, the stuff that's kind of peripheral, like the horses and stuff, and the rider becomes central. Uh, in, in something my brother taught me, rather right? yeah. it becomes central in the yeah. rider because um, the main character Brady is a is a rodeo rider who's been severely injured, and the whole film basically is about: is he going to go back? Is he going to risk it? Even though every doctor, everyone says, and he tries. Again, what's his other choices? I mean, he goes to work at Dakota
2: Mart, and yeah. that's well, miserable. The, the thing is, that because of his background, I mean, doesn't have many choices. That's yeah. That's that's the big problem, and it's and it's also it goes back to that that We see the, the same thing with with so many professional athletes who have injury after injury, and they're not as good as they used to be. Even if they've made a ton of money, right? And they have many other choices. They just they keep doing it. They stay and they stay way too long and it's just like this intense love for what they're doing they just want to keep doing it and it's really interesting that you know along the lines of the Amazon thing that
0: you you very rarely see white people in the first two movies it's not she's not trying to hit you over the head with the oppression that the native population is suffering she's just showing it to you and yeah. letting you kind of draw your own conclusions. Yeah. And I thought, for me, some of the most moving scenes he had he there was an oh, what was his name Lane? Yeah, Lane, the one who's in the wheelchair and can't talk anymore because oh, he wasn't. Those scenes are very very powerful when he's spelling out words and 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 Brady's trying
1: to no yeah yeah, yeah I, well I, as far as it goes I I just my feeling is it would have been better a professional actor. I'm sorry.
0: That's no, my, no that's no. my it,
1: my my beef with her.
0: It's it's much more interesting if we don't agree on everything yeah no, I,
1: I, um, and I felt that way when I because I knew nothing about the writer when I went to see it. just I knew nothing and then when I watched it, it was like, okay, okay, I've never seen any of these actors before and I knew I was never gonna see them again. I mean, I just knew. But I knew nothing about the, the fact that they weren't professional. I just, I did not know anything about but the film. But
0: would, would having professional actors, you know, better lighting, as you said, Mike, very accurately. Well, no, no, that um, was
1: in, just in The Eternals. Well,
0: and, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the music, I couldn't see would, it. would that have taken away from, the, would 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 that have served to just keep reminding you over and over that you're, would it have put another level in between you and the film? Like you're watching a movie and you're constantly
1: being reminded that you're watching a movie.
3: Well, I,
1: I when I was watching, the writer and songs my brother told me. I knew I was watching a movie, but because frankly it didn't move me much, hmm. and that was the problem. I mean, I, this is more. Maybe it's more of a Michael problem than a no, I. No,
0: I. Know, it, well, it certainly may be the fact that your your training is in acting, and you know that. Do you? Well, I,
2: I, I'm going to say, and I think we're alike in that one of the joys of watching a movie, for me, and I know for you too is watching a great actor, yeah. but don't catch them acting. Yeah. Right. And I think a really good act with really, really good actors, I think the writer may have been better. Okay. Interesting. That's a
0: really interesting point. And I, I cannot disagree. Although again, I'm forced to wonder, you know, if you know, if they had gotten a real child actress, if Brisson had gotten a real child actress to be in, you know, Balthazar or in mm-hmm. Mouchette. You know, would it, would those have been more? So, for example, I just saw his uh, trial of Joan of Arc, uh-huh. which I hadn't seen. You know, of course, I'm a huge fan of the Dryer Passion of Joan of Arc, which is all about acting, and I mean, it's 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 an actor's film.
1: I don't know about children, because for me, Tatum O'Neill was not a professional actress when I watched Paper Moon. Yeah, so I, that's why I was. It's
0: a crapshoot.
1: That's why I was so you know offended by her winning an Academy Award because she came off frankly as a non-professional but and because of that it took me way out of the movie although I had also read the book so I knew and I prefer the book of Paper Moon to the movie
0: so and in, in Songs My Brother Taught Me again we have the dysfunctional family uh, okay. this time it's the dad and you know even one of the most moving you mean in the, in in,
2: the writer in the
0: writer sorry yeah. and and you know even so we like when the dads they have to sell the horse that clearly they've had yeah. in the family from Gus I mean yeah. that was just like Painful, but then the dad turns around and buys the racehorse Apollo. That he, that right. he, and, and then and then has to put him down. That scene was so painful when Yo, when Apollo oh, oh, trips yeah. over the barbed yeah. wire yeah. and then oh the dad's like, "There's only one." Yeah. Thing we can do, so the dad is a bit more of a presence there. But again, it's that family that we have, and the family that we and he does have. Brady does have a family. Whenever he shows up at the rodeo, there's this instant love and recognition of the guys there. Yeah. You know, they're all yeah. sharing stories. Well, he's, and- he's
2: he's greatly admired. He's 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 like one of the one of the great Red Island stars you know.
0: right and I love that scene the second scene when he's working in Dakota Mart and the little boy comes up yeah. and he's like are you Brady Janja are, yeah. I love you I want to be like you when I grow up can I have yeah, your I autograph that made
2: me cringe I, 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 I almost Ooh. wanted him to say oh please don't oh. do don't, don't, don't do it."
0: <laughs> know, and there he is with his pricing gun you know and then that's the only future he's but and so I, I, again I also you, you know he says to his dad I'm not going to end up like you and he goes he's gonna ride just like johnny is a few couple of minutes away from going off to la with his girlfriend in songs he's he's gonna get on that horse he's right he's gonna do it and then he sees that his sister who is a, a special needs child yeah. who he's very close yeah. with yeah. and his father show, and he, and i found the ending very moving that he decides not to ride as much as he said, you know, he kind of says throughout the whole film, "What
1: else? If I'm not a writer, what yeah. else am I?" Yeah,
3: it's but he's it's he's it's gonna try
1: and figure it out. But I wasn't that surprised by the ending of the writer either. I
0: thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna get I, down on that horse. I didn't
1: think so. I I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm not usually clairvoyant. I mean, I get lost in an episode of Murder She Wrote, so. <laughs> <laughs> Taking place in Cabin Cove, by the way.
0: <laughs> All rights reserved. So.
1: But I, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm not like I can usually predict endings, but I, in both those films, I kind of predicted that ending. The endings. that I, I knew he wasn't going to continue writing. I, I don't know. I just felt that way. But I, and definitely in songs my brother told me. Never. You
0: knew that he wasn't going to leave. Yep. So interesting. So, you know, to sum up so, so far. So, do
2: you think it would have been better if he did leave? No. Better movie? No. <laughs> no, but I think you <laughs> would have hated him. <laughs> it would have been a
1: little more like, I would have liked to have like thought, will he leave? Oh, Is I there see. a chance to leave? It would have taken me more into the movie. The fact that I knew he wasn't going to leave. Kind of kept me no, aloof,
0: but, as I think you
1: said. But maybe ma- that's more of a Michael problem.
0: As you said, Michael, I think it is a really ambitious combination of narrative storytelling and verité documentary. And sometimes it works, and sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't. It
1: obviously works because it's it's a unit. Uh, all her, mo- well, I don't know about the first uh, songs. My father, uh, my brother's taught songs. Me,
2: my brother taught me.
1: Because I don't. Uh, was that actually ever released in theaters?
2: Maybe in a couple of art yeah, houses. Yeah. Yes. It had a whopping box office of $146,476. Yes. <laughs> but, you know... I think it was part of the Sundance Festival. Uh,
1: well, yeah. Sundance right. is yeah. definitely nurture. So, again, we have those... Yeah, b-
2: premiered at the 2015 Sundance Film Festival. Yep. We, um, we had those. We had those issues. And, of, and it was later screened, at Director's Fortnight, at the 2015 Cannes Film Festival, oh, mm-hmm. and it received a nomination for the Camera Dior. I mean, she has an
0: incredible visual sense. I mean, yes, that, she does. That, I that, will say yeah. that. But you know that you. I've always said, half jokingly, that Days of Heaven uh, should be would be much better as a silent film, because I love that movie until anybody opens their mouth. Uh, you know whether it's Linda Vance or Richard Gere or even Sam Shepard, who I love, but it's so stunningly beautiful to look at. Yeah, they, they almost think that maybe both songs and the writer would be better with with less dialogue or, as Michael says, with professional actors playing the parts. I totally understand that, and uh, that that makes a lot of sense to me. So he, you know, in the end, he decides he he's not going to ride. He's a couple of seconds away from doing it. And he decides not to. He's going to stick around for Lily, for his sister, and um, just like Johnny did for Jay Sean in uh, in songs, and just um, just. But I felt, I felt. The same way I feel, I mentioned Granick again. Granick's films feel anthropological without being patronizing. Absolutely, it's like yeah. we're getting a yeah. window into this world that we would never see. Right. But she's not looking down on the people. She, in fact, her people. That, first of all, you know, there's always someone with great artistic talent. You know, the guy who does the designs and songs. Um, you know, the tattoo artist Kat in. Um, in the rider mm-hmm. uh, and you know there goes Frances McDormand playing her flute Fern playing her flute and reciting Shakespeare and uh, and 18th yeah. century poetry in um in Nomadland there are artistic souls here it's just it's never allowed to come they are so they're so cribbed in by their economic right circumstances right. and their choices uh, Fern for a different reason than the folks on the reservation but that is definitely Still a part of it. I, you know, for me as a non actor, I didn't mind the non actors.
1: No, well, most people don't. I, I I, rarely have I, I don't think I've read any reviews that have complained about the non actors. I think most critics love that.
2: Yep, I'm just the one who does. Well, doesn't. I think also there's sort of an unspoken code among some critics to love movies with non actors. Maybe. <laughs> Well, I
0: mean, you know, it certainly didn't hurt Buson.
2: It certainly no. didn't hurt
0: Rossellini and De
2: Sica. Right. So, no, no, I mean,
0: no. you know, God, my God, that little boy in Bicycle
2: Thieves. Oh my and God. the father too. I mean, they're great. Yeah, they're really, so. really great. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Well, also sometimes you have to get you, you have to get it. I don't know what her experience with actors is to begin with, because like De Sica, for example, was an actor. Right. So was I mean, is. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally continues to be. Yeah. yeah, and. Um, you know, sometimes the direct some directors are really great working with actors, and some aren't. I I, I mean, you know, I think she got
0: uh, in t- turning to Nomadland now. She got obviously a brilliant performance out of Frances McDormand, but how much of that was her? How do you not get a brilliant performance out of Frances? It's hard not yeah. to get a brilliant performance out of yeah. Frances McDormand. Yeah, she's always good. So and god that you know seeing Nomadland I mean not a lot has to be said but I'm let's look at Nomadland through the lens of The Other Two. Did you guys see any connections? But you know visually, cinematically, uh oh, narratively. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. yeah so definitely. what what are some of the things that you guys noticed I mean, that well, connect Nomadland the, well, to The Other Two? the imagery
2: is is, is that's a strong thing the through line through all of them. The golden hour light and, and the storms well, no, rolling the way in she and she uses the camera and she's trying to use the camera to express emotion. And it's not it's not heavy handed no. as far no, as No, right. I've never
0: yeah. felt like yeah. I'm
2: being directed at. Yeah. It
0: definitely, felt, definitely it, it felt yeah. it felt very powerful to me. And there, you know, there's another broken family. This yeah. time, you know, it's her husband who dies. And, you know, and the town shut... Literally, the whole town shuts down when the right. gypsum mine closes in Empire, Nevada. But
2: the thing is... The thing in Land though, and I think Michael agrees with me, is that you have Frances McDormand, a very talented, polished, experienced actress with a lot of people who are non-actors, and you it sticks out like a sore thumb.
3: Yeah.
0: Interesting. I, like. I love the scene where she meets uh, the girl that she tutored and the girl's mom in the Dick Sporting Goods, and that's where she has that great line. She, you know, the, the girl says, Are you homeless? And she says, No, I'm houseless. There's a difference, don't you think? So what's so interesting, what what the big major difference economically between Fern and Nomadland and the characters in the first two is that she does have choices. She can. Yeah. There are things she oh, could sure. do. And in fact... Well, not, apparently she could be a teacher, right? And it's a good one. Not once, not twice, but three times is she offered a place to live. Yeah. yeah. First by Linda May, and then by her sister, and then by uh, by Dave. You know, David Strathern's family, and she can't. She can't do it.
1: I have to say, Nomadland is the only one of these four films that I saw a second time, and I found it an ordeal to get through it a second time.
0: An ordeal, and t- because you uh, know, the, I felt the same way. Really? Yeah. yeah. And because a lot of people said, "Oh, I can't watch it; it's too sad."
1: No, I, I didn't think it was that sad. So, what were your objections? To say? Yeah, I mean, it's the second left- time. Yeah. I just felt aloof from most of the characters, except the one with the with the father talking about his. Yeah, Bob his Wells. Son. That's yeah. the one exception. I just felt. I felt there was a lack of drama
2: in that movie,
0: but couldn't you say that yeah. about about grapes in a way because no. just no, keep I don't moving way from. In other words, but no,
2: but there's, there's like uh, very some very dramatic moments. But grapes
0: doesn't right. have a linear narrative. The the
2: linear narrative is the family stays together and they keep moving together. I mean, it's. Although they lose people along the, way. the way. They yes. lose grandma, grandpa, yeah. they lose Connie. They're little Connie. by little, yeah. they're kind of whittled down. The first
1: that. time I saw Gripes as a 12, 13-year-old, I was weeping.
0: Oh, I still yeah. am. I
1: Nomadland did not make me weep at we're all. We're the people, yeah. and we keep a-coming.
0: Yep. It didn't. I, I but,
1: felt aloof from Nomadland. Not the first time. The first time I was... And I I said it, I actually re-listened to our podcast when we talked about it. Um, I felt... I was seeing a part of America that I knew nothing about. Right, it, That that was very, very interesting. Yeah. The second time I was like, well, I've seen this part now. And I, I just didn't... It didn't f- give
0: you anything new the no, second
1: time. No, not at all. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Very very interesting. But once
1: again, that's, that might be my fault, my problem. There is
2: something about some movies that even if, they, if they're exploring very, very... Deep, disturbing subject matter, or still a joy to watch, mm-hmm. and that's how I kind of feel about Bergman. Uh, yeah, Persona, for example. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a very, very serious subject matter, and, and some of it's very disturbing. But there's something about that movie I can watch it a hundred times. Well, and, and I feel and, and watch it over and over and over again, and still find a joy in watching it. I feel that way about time.
0: about Brisson because Brisson yeah. is yeah. there. There not, is yeah. no humor.
2: Whatsoever, and, and, and
0: his films are very symbolic. You know yeah. what Paul Schrader called transcendental. Yeah, and you know there's not a lot of action. I mean, you know, right. it takes two hours for our don't prisoner to escape. See but.
1: too many people watching land okay, a dozen right. times. Mm, no, I just don't see it happening. It's mm. interesting.
0: Yeah. Be- be, well, because one one thing I did notice is that you know the, the connection that I made is that. While Fern doesn't have obviously the same disadvantages that the that the Native Americans on the reservation do, she is part of a group that is also tossed away and marginalized, and that's the elderly. You know, when yes. pe- when when yeah, that's okay. another group that we in America just find no use for, you know, toss them on the road. And Mike, as yeah. you say, the first time yes was much more of a revelation, like, oh my God, here's this whole world that exists. You know, in our country that I didn't even know about. Yeah. I had no idea that people will. Yeah. And, I, you know, of course, like everyone else I was like, why would anyone willingly choose this lifestyle? Especially when she has these chances to stay put and to settle down and put down roots and she just can't. Yeah, there's
2: a lot more, there are a lot more elderly people now who have to keep working because, partly because, right. partly because the way our so called. Retirement was changed and everything with 401ks and investing in stocks and everything. And then you had that big crash. And so many people who were retired lost all their money and right. had to go back to work. And, of course, it's the crash in 08 that sets off the yeah. events of
0: Nomadland. Yes, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's very true. So my, so my question to you is we feel, not in a, not in a melodramatic sense, but we feel that... That Johnny and Jay Sean in songs and that Brady and the the other uh, and his family in Ryder are sort of victims of, not victims, but are, you know, born into circumstances that are way beyond their control. They're very, very
2: hard to overcome. Right. Do you feel the same way about Fern? is Fern a character like no that? no cuz she's making that's the th- i mean she's had she's had psychological trauma no that no, i can't speak psychological trauma she's she's lost her husband that apparently she was deeply in love with
0: and it was a long and painful death
2: you get the sense yeah, yeah and and she has several moments like you said that she could change her life and become more connected to people and she keeps pushing them away and i don't know if part of that she's still grieving some I mean some people prefer to grieve alone, mm. um, but you start to wonder by the end of the movie like is she ever going to be able to be really connected to someone again? It's kind of like she yeah. yearns for that connection, but she pushes it away at the same time. Especially with Dave, with Dave Travers' yeah. character. And, but you know what? What moved
0: me so much about Nomadland, even the second time, was that having lost her own family, but you know these people. Take care of each other and look after each other, yeah. sometimes yeah. in a way that is more effective and loving and caring than actual neighbors or actual family yeah. do. Yeah. That's the thing that I found so moving about Nomadland, even the second time. You know, again, Chloe Shau's theme of the family that we create beyond the family that we're given. Right. Um I I, I, I I think you're right though in general, Michael. I didn't love it as much as I did the first time, and I don't know if people are gonna watch it. I don't think in, Actually, in 10 almost years.
2: anyone I've talked to it talked to no Man about had sort of the same reaction, which is that they admired it, but they have no desire to ever see it again.
0: Yeah, I, I just found that Bob says I have a quote and Bob says we we have to get together and take care of each other. And there's just something so moving to me about that, that these total strangers, you know, thrust into these circumstances for wildly different reasons, yeah. some by choice, some not by choice, but they all, whatever, what can I do to help? How can I help? Mm-hmm. Even when it doesn't work, like, oh, God, the scene where he's helping her carry the box of dishes and it falls through oh, and it The breaks. most dramatic
1: right. scene in the film. <laughs> but she wasn't. I mean, the most, uh, you know, with the two of them yeah stand over there stand over there (laughs) stand over there
0: um i i've 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 found it moving i again i don't know um you know and and again we get you know a questionable dad i mean we find out when they're working in wall drug you know and dave's son comes and you know dave's gonna be a grandpa soon and we've you know dave said i wasn't there yeah, like like the fathers in the in the first two. And I,
1: I would have liked to have seen more of that of that relationship. We I mean, were kind of that was skimmed over. I, I but I but I feel
0: I feel like the episodic structure is a metaphor for the way these folks live their lives because it's pretty hard to plan a future. You know, a linear yeah. narrative future when you're... Well, because so much of your time is taken up by just surviving the day. Just surviving. Right, John, exactly. And that... And I love the fact when that... you've never done that. <laughs> you know, and I love the fact that in songs my brother taught me in The Writer, so much emphasis is put on survival skills. As Deborah grannick does yeah. in Winter's Bone, when she teaches her brother and sister to hunt and to skin the squirrel. I mean, this is what you need to do to survive.
1: Yeah. And... See, I, I thought Winter's Bone... Was such a better movie than any of. Them.
0: Oh, I I mean, I if you have to make me choose between Deborah Granick and Chloe Zhao, I'll take uh, I'll take yeah. But Chloe Zhao has this magnificent cinematic, picturesque, True. visual True. sense that Deborah Granick doesn't shoot for. She always goes for the intimate and maybe the, that's uh, why I prefer her. Yeah, no that that yeah. make that makes a ton of sense. So she was going to do a movie about Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves was the first black deputy sheriff west of the Mississippi, a great character. Did you guys see
2: Watchmen on HBO? I haven't watched it, but I heard it's really good. I, it's I brilliant. To, I have to watch it. It yeah.
0: opens with I thought of it because it opens with Tulsa in 1921 when when the black yeah. community is attacked. Yeah. But they own a movie theater, and the black family owns a movie theater, and the boy is watching a film about Bass Reeves, and oh. it, it's it's lovely. It's if you haven't seen Watchmen, it's an absolute must. But that didn't, and then you know, and then Marvel stepped up out of nowhere and offered her. Eternals, and you know, I don't, I don't think there's any way
2: that we could argue that it's a successful film. No, it, it, when I certainly won't. I'm not an it's, MCU it's fan, got, so I don't. It's, it's got moments, but it's it's just frankly like, the
1: only Marvel movie I remember scenes of with fondness is is the Black Panther.
0: Yeah, well, and one thing I did like about Eternals, though, is that they're willing to do a slightly complex morality. It was so, complex. In, yeah. in other well, words, yeah, that's... If, they, if they successfully complete their mission, Earth will be destroyed and all the residents killed, right. but the Celestial that will be born will then give birth to how many other planets? So, what's the right thing to do here? Yeah. Sacrifice the citizens of Earth and fulfill their mission—not that they knew it was their mission—to yeah. and and let Earth be destroyed, although they've become so attached to it after all these years. Or, you know, or do something and step up and try to save the people of Earth and you know confound their own purpose and deliberately defy their creator. Right. Which is kind of... risky. Yeah, a little interesting. And, you know, I'm sure that's what Eternals 2 is going to be about, you know. And at the end, remember, I forget the name of the main... Uh, is she
1: directing Eternals 2? I
0: don't know. I do not know. He says, you know, I'll, it's a trial. I'll be watching the people of Earth to see if they... Uh, it's like Q in Star Trek The Next Generation. Same idea, you know. It's, don't, it's, make,
1: it's, don't make me watch Eternals 2, please. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> now we know how to torture him. But again, the, I feel the like the, Malcolm the, McDowell and the, the, the Clark work hard. <laughs> <laughs> With the eyes.
0: I begin to have a queer feeling in me Gulliver.
3: <laughs> so
0: I can't see
1: the scene! I can't see the scene. No, but I
0: like the fact that in Black Panther, one of the things that we've commented on about about Black Panther is that is that Killmonger is right. The quote-unquote yeah. bad guy yeah. has, has a point. real point <laughs> that, Yes. that. And Black Panther was such a good script, right? It was. That's the thing. But I, I well, like I've, I like the fact that there was not a clear good guy versus bad guy. The morality no. was a little more grown-up. complex I would, I would actually here. see
1: that one again.
0: Yep. Uh, good cast, as I said. Yeah. yeah. You know some unexpected performances. Um, you know, some Hayek is a and Johnny is wonderful as the Bollywood star there. Um, yeah, he was fun. Yeah, he was fun. And and uh, Michael, I thought you would be proud of the fact that yeah. uh, Atlanta's own Brian Tyree Henry, paperboy himself, is the first superhero gay, okay. right yeah. who's in an openly gay marriage. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's progress. Yes. Mm, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> didn't uh, didn't uh, didn't Sorry, excite you? No, there wasn't enough of him. I well, I so I, Atlanta is my favorite show on television, which I haven't watched, and I I just just think he's amazing. It was nice to see him in something else besides that, and you know. But here again, there's the line, and I think Icarus says it. You know, life affords no greater duty than to protect one's family. And that could be the motto of songs of Ryder, even of Nomadland, if you consider the community that she's built, her new family. So, I mean, that if you had to sum well, up, he the,
2: obviously was a torn character. I mean, because he wasn't really protecting his family, was he? Yeah, mm-hmm. there is that. I have to, I have to admit that when you see him in that last shot, like, you know, racing towards his son, it was like, oh, good riddance. Yeah, bye, see ya. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but. Uh, you know, some 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 lovely moments for a um, well. I, I some of the things I like. I like the historical moments where they yeah, go well, like I, a, yeah.
2: Yeah, I I I thought that was interesting. And she goes but back. I think I think the whole idea may have been better as a miniseries where we were able to too much. You know, be able to do something, explore some of these things more in depth, and you had the time to digest it. this was just let's just throw everything into that bowl of soup <laughs> so let's
0: let me ask the same question then as i did of Land. is there anything is there if you didn't know who directed it is there anything in eternals aside from the unexpected appearance of the pine ridge reservation and the black yeah. hills in south dakota which is so her land is there anything particularly chloe zhao about mm, eternals no no no. So it could have been, yeah. Oh boy. So she's got to get away from that. She's got if she wants to stay, Chloe Zhao. I mean, I I can't. You know, Deborah Granick said to me when she came to talk to my kids at BAM that after Winter's Bone, she got all kinds of offers to direct law and order and all kinds of crap. And she said, that's not why I became a filmmaker. And I really respect that Well, but But also, she may have had some, you know, Maybe. you don't know what her financial situation Maybe. is. Maybe. She may have had the money to be able to turn down
1: Maybe. something like i I'm not, I'm as not as cutting her movie. down. I'm not cutting Chloe's outfit. Yeah, I was gonna
2: say maybe she's thinking, well, if I do this and I get this money, I can use that money to do what I really want to yeah. do. Right. Do the Soderbergh one for me, one for yeah, them yeah. kind well, of thing. Well, Scorsese yeah.
0: did the same thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly, John. So maybe maybe that's why it is
2: I have a I And mean, that kind of that thing's that been going on forever with, with sure. directors. I mean in old Hollywood. I mean well, yeah. well, the greatest yeah. example being the original Dune. Oh god. Well I was gonna say going back to like John Ford. Well if you do so and so we'll finally let you make you know uh the quiet man right but i mean you know dune everyone knew from the get-go that dune
0: was going to be a horror show but de laurent promised him the the money for blue velvet so there you go yeah so yes that is an old old story so i mean i know that she has talked about she's she's associated now with a dracula remake set in the west set in the old west Sort of combining two genres. How bizarre. A horror genre and the Western genre. I don't
1: know. Could work. I just hope she uses actors.
0: Yeah, interesting. And I hope she <laughs> and I hope I hope she doesn't try to use real vampires. And I hope she keeps her Well,
2: oh, I can, I could be in it.
1: Yeah, well that's true, but you're also now. An Ladies and gentlemen, so Dorian Gray. Matter.
2: So here he is. Oh, did I did I review? Oh something? what a giveaway.
0: You knew it, John. I knew there had to be an explanation. The reason you don't look any older than you did thirty five years ago, except for a couple of grey hairs, it's amazing. Um so I let's put it this way: I'm I'm not putting Chloe Zhao in the same category as say Ryan Coogler, but I am. I, I she's got a lifetime ticket for me. I will go see just about anything she does. Oh, I'll,
2: I'll, I'm definitely interested to in see how her career progresses. And see and see what comes out of this. I mean, no, she, no doubt no doubt about that. She
0: has a lovely visual sense, and it, you know she has her partner as her a, a DP, and he's. He's obviously really good at what he does, and again, I just love. And this... I don't
2: know if she's allowed back in China. Yeah, oh, she's right. Didn't she some... make some comments? Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes she
0: yes. has. So, well, someone has to. No, very few people are so good for her. And True. again, I, I really, I'd like to see more of her films about her view of America, in the sense that she brings that outsider's perspective. And shows us worlds and lives within our own country that we might never otherwise see. So, I mean, Eternals well, you know know—I'm sure. How could you not? How could you turn down a Marvel movie? I mean, I you,
1: bet you, Deborah. I yeah, she, but
0: again, you don't know, you know, <laughs> if if um, if Chloe Zhao can use the money she made, yeah, which is probably once again, I'm Eternals. not cutting her down for right. doing
1: it. But I do admire directors who say, no, that's not the kind of movie I want to make.
0: Yeah. No, it's interesting. So, our uh, uh, our 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 study of Chloe Zhao—only four films, but already one of the more interesting and original uh, voices uh, in uh, in American film—and coming out of NYU Film School, hoorah! All right, Michael. Right. Since it's been a long time since we met, yes. I assume we have a lengthy oh, eh? oddly enough, no—not to ten. All right, 10
1: good people. But a uh, f- personal little thing um, from. I have talked extensively twice in previous episodes about Louis Buñuel's The Discreet Charm of oh the Bourgeoisie. My. And it's celebrating its 50th anniversary with a brand new 4K print it yes. will be at the Film Forum for two weeks, June 24th through July 7th. Don't
0: you guys wish you lived in New York? What? Yeah, for the, pe- <laughs> for the
1: people who live in New York who haven't seen this film yet, please, even if you disagree with what I said about Chloe Zhao, Go see this film. It is just a great and a delight. And One of the great
2: movies of the 70s. Yeah. One hundred percent. Both Woody
1: Allen and Pedro Almodovar have it on their ten best movies of all time.
2: So. Yeah. Glorious.
1: Okay. Nakraji. Starting with Robert Morse. Ninety. I didn't even know that Robert Morse was still alive. Well, <laughs> yeah. If you watched uh, Mad Men.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. right. He
1: was the owner okay. of the firm. Yeah. His film debut was in The Matchmaker in 1958, playing Barnaby Tucker, a role which he originated from the first production of The Matchmaker, which I did not know. His claim to stardom was in the Broadway musical How to Succeed Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, where he won a Tony Award and repeated his role in the 1967 film. Most of his other theatrical films were comedies in the 1960s, including Honeymoon Hotel, a Guide to the Married Man, Oh Dad, Poor Dad, Mama's Hung You in the Closet and I'm Feeling So they Sad. They just don't have
0: titles like that anymore.
1: <laughs> and best of all, from my viewpoint, The Loved One. You know oh, his he, wonderful he, film. Yeah, yes. Tony Richardson's film of the Evelyn and Waugh wow. satire on the funeral business. Black,
0: black comedy, yes. Now,
1: most appearances after the 60s were on TV and stage, but he did have a big success in the early 90s portraying Truman Capote, in the one-man show, True, mm. which won him his second Tony Award and an Emmy Award when it was presented on PBS. Was that
0: the basis for the film, for Bennett Miller's film? That no. Philip Seymour Hoffman was... No. no, nothing no, to do no, with no, it. No, this was
1: one-man show yep. just on, on him, and it was shown on TV for PBS, and he also won an Emmy for that. Then, in 2007, he had success playing Bertram Co- Cooper, the chairman of the board the on Mad, Mad, man. Mad Men. Yep. And he received five Emmy nominations for mm. that, so definitely had a late in life. Regine, 92, hmm. nightclub owner and occasional actress, which I didn't oh, know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until I saw her about 12 years ago in Sondheim's Follies at the, at the Kennedy Center. And there she was, and I was like, I didn't know you were an actress. And from what I could tell she was she
2: wasn't <laughs> okay, so there you go but
1: she did appear <laughs> diagnosis murder <laughs> sorry but she did appear in films mostly in the 60s and 70s including Claude Beret's Marry Me Marry Me Claude Lelouch's Robert and Robert and Herbert Ross's The 7% Solution hmm interesting Rick Parnell does that name ring a bell to either one no. of you no 70 professional drummer Best known for being an actual musician in a fake band was the drummer Spinal Mick Temp. Shrimpton in Rob Reiner's Mick This is, Shrimpton. is Spinal <laughs> Tap. <Temp. laughs> yes.
0: uh, ends up as a little green glob on the stool. <laughs> Reiner only
1: had a few lines in the film, but one of the funniest was when the documentarian, played by Reiner, was asked, Aren't, you bothered, aren't you bothered by the fact that previous drummers of this band always die in bizarre and unpleasant ways? <laughs> and Shrimpton replies, it does kind of freak me out a bit, but it can't always happen. Uh, of course, near <laughs> the end of the film, Mick spontaneously combusts uh, on... It's a little green glob. ...on stage. Now, in the 1990s, when Spinal Tap went on a real tour, doing actual shows, Parnell went on as Rick Shrimpton, Mick's twin Mixed brother. twin brother, of course. Parnell spent the last uh, two decades in Missoula, Montana, where he hosted an FM radio program called... Spontaneous combustion. Nice! <laughs> Nick
3: <Nice. It> <laughs> <in. laughs>
1: Okay, uh, Bruce McVitie, character actor. He oh, co-founded sure. the Naked Lit Angels Theater Company. His films included The Chosen, The Cotton Club, Queen's Logic, and Million Dollar Baby. On TV, he played Danny Scalerion in The Sopranos mm. and Detective Hartkin in When They See Us
0: was oh, a good show. Yeah. Oh, oh right. my goodness, Ava DuVernay, I love it. Right. Yeah, actually wow. I
1: saw him on stage opposite Al Pacino in uh, American Buffalo in the 80s and he was very, very good. Mm. Joanna Barnes, 89, film and TV actress and novelist. Usually played snobby women. Films included Auntie maine Spartacus, Goodbye, Charlie, which I remembered her in, hmm. The War Wagon, and the fir- both the f- 1961 and 1998 versions of The Parent Trap. In the no. first version, she plays a vixen-like fortune hunter dating Brian Keith, the twins' father, and in the remake, she plays that character's mother. <laughs> in the late 60s, she sort of faded from acting and became a TV host for ABC's Dateline Hollywood, and she wrote a syndicated column on home decorating. Then in 1970, she wrote a first, her first novel called The Deceivers about a child movie star, and it became a bestseller. New York Times critic John O'Connor referred to her as Jacqueline Suzanne with a brain. Okay. She wrote uh, several other successful novels during, That's an the, during the 70s and 80s and continued acting on television. If you saw her, you'd know you'd her. You'd
0: know her, yeah. Definitely.
1: Fred Ward. 79. I didn't know that Fred Ward died. Yeah. Yeah. Gus
0: Grissom in The Right
1: Stuff. A film and TV no. actor, made his film debut in Clint Eastwood's Escape from Alcatraz, became famous for portraying Gus Grissom, ah. one of the astronauts, in The Right Stuff, which he was really good in. God,
0: he was so good in that.
1: And among his 55 theatrical films included Silkwood, The Player... Which I think he's really terrific. In. Yes, he's yeah, great. He's yeah. very good in that. Shortcuts. Cut, 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 cut. Yeah. <laughs> Shortcuts, Tremors, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult. Yes. Swing Shift, Uncommon Valor, Big Business, Bob Roberts, and Sweet Home, Alabama.
0: Mmm. Bob Roberts is just the film that yeah. needs to be pulled out of the, yes. uh, yeah. the mothballs once yes. in a while. Yes,
1: I, I, I totally agree. I never see it. Yeah, very distinctive character yeah. actor, Fred Warren. Uh, Vangelis. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. 79, composer.
2: On <laughs> top of old Smokey.
1: <laughs> he won the Oscar for Chariots of Fire.
2: Which he deserved,
0: and he deserved it for Blade Runner the next year, too.
1: Uh, but he did not get nominated nope. again. Other stories included Blade Runner, Missing, 1492, Conquest of Paradise, and Alexander. Works almost exclusively with a, electronic. Instruments.
0: Well, and that's the thing. That's why Chariots of Fire shouldn't work because we're back in 1924 running on a beach and it's the synthesizers with the piano and it. but the electronic soundtrack. Worked. That album sold millions I of know. copies. Remember, I'm not a fan
1: of Chariots of Fire. I, I thought it was... I like Chariots
3: of Fire. Well,
1: whatever. Well, I mean, <laughs> Red should
0: have won Best Picture that year yes. but that's a whole All other episode. Yep. Kenneth yes.
1: Welch. 80, Canadian stage, screen, and stage actor. He's best known for his role on Twin Peaks as Wyndham Earl. In films. Oh, yeah. That's right. In yeah. films. I he's best known as the Cheney like vice president in The Day After Tomorrow, Catherine oh, Hepburn's oh, sure. father in Scorsese's The Aviator, and my favorite. Matthew Broderick's evil, environmentally insane stepfather in The Freshman.
2: Yes. Oh, that's
1: right. I thought he was hilarious. (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) That's a good movie. Yep.
1: Colin Cantwell, 90. Animator, conceptual artist, and computer expert who played production roles in science fiction films such as 2001, A Space Odyssey, War Games, and most importantly, Star Wars. Oh, Cantwell produced the designs for the spacecraft in Star Wars the X-Wing, the Rebel Alliance's starfighter, wow. the TIE fighter part of the Galactic Empire's imp- Imperial fleet wow. the wedge-shaped Imperial Star Destroyer, the cockpit for the Millennium Falcon, and the Death Star
0: and remember Star Wars opens with that, the Imperial with yeah. the ship crossing the screen for about a minute, you're right. like whoa, yeah. what's happening here that's amazing
1: And then yesterday, sadly, surprisingly, Ray Liotta, 67, died in his sleep while filming a movie in the Dominican Republic, best known for his portrayal as Henry Hill in Goodfellas. He started acting on TV in the daytime soap opera Another World, and his film debut was in 1983, The Lonely Lady, with Pia Zadora. Some
0: oh, I thought Something Wild
1: was his first film. That was out. his first oh. film that he became known oh, for. Yeah, oh, I think oh.
2: Something Wild is the second movie,
1: Yeah, it? it was his first big break. He was friends with Mel- Melanie Griffith's husband at the time, Stephen Bauer, which got him the audition. Other films of, of 79 theatrical films included wow. Dominic and Eugene, which I thought that was he was very Tom good at. Tom Hulse, in. right? Yes, yeah, good, 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 good. Feel the Dreams, Copland, Heartbreakers, which I thought he was very funny, and I like that movie. John Q, Marriage Story, Operation Dumbo Drop, Blow, <laughs> and then The Many Saints. of... What is it? Newark. This is the Man Many Man Saints is. He's very good in it. Yeah, The you movie's, know, I, I didn't the movie's see
2: okay. It.
0: I know, Mike. You're a funny guy. You know
2: the way the the way you tell the story.
1: <laughs> He's a funny guy. And actually, I I knew he did one play. So on I rock. amuse
2: you like a clown.
1: He did one play on Broadway, (laughs) and um, I know I met somebody who was one of the stagehands and said one of the nicest actors he'd ever worked. Interesting. And And uh, Lorraine Lorraine Bracco said in a tweet yesterday, she said when people always come up to her wherever she is to talk about uh, Goodfellas, and when they ask her what what was the best part about working on Goodfellas, she always says Ray Liotta. Interesting. Well, and also so, has,
0: you know, one of the most famous lines in all of movie history, if you build it, he will come. Yeah. I mean, and I said, I think he's terribly miscast as Joe Jackson, but then, I'm a 19-teens I'm and 20s baseball well, fan, yeah, so he's, I mean, he's not he's, like the real Joe Jackson at all. He's good
2: in it, but, he's, but you're right, I mean, he is, he's sort of miscast. I mean, I'm mean, i not a baseball and enthusiastic, about, and I love well, that also, movie. There's something oh, I love the movie. Un- there's something about Ray Liotta, too, he's, he's more urban.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to see it done right, John Sayles did a film of Eight Men out the year yeah. before, and D.B. And D. Sweeney played Joe Jackson right. as a con- illiterate country bumpkin with a genius for hitting and catching in baseball. I did not like
1: that film. I can't remember why I did I do, not like I it. Loved
0: it. Well, it's my favorite. And I don't like D.B. Sweeney. No, he's not a great actor. No. But that. I thought John Sales was remarkably faithful. We should do something on John. Why is John Sales totally forgotten?
1: I think he must be retired. or he's still around, but I don't. He he hasn't done anything since Lone Star, I think. Yeah, that was twenty-five years ago. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Um,
0: Are you listening, John Sales? Yeah, John Sales, where are you, man? We miss you. Um, What was um, City of Hope? The one that's yes. about the Newark like city. I love that. Mate one was great. Limbo, the one that's in Alaska, I um, was, was lovely. Um, he, he. I liked
1: his comedy, uh, The Return of the Secaucus Seven. Secaucus
0: Seven. Um, that's, that's, that's the first one, isn't it? Right? Yeah. I, mean, I like that a lot. Brother from Another Planet, Baby It's You, you know, all those early Maybe films. Baby It's You, I wasn't. Yeah, well, Vincent Spano. I mean, mm. Yeah, but, uh, there you go. Sorry. All right, we come to everybody's favorite section of the podcast. Mine which, isn't the
1: favorite section. Oh boy,
0: <laughs> just for the dead the people. The dance for dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> of dead Michael. <laughs> next week, next week we're playing chess with him. We'll see how that goes.
2: Um, John, you're always wins. Your quote quiz of the month. Okay, well, the the quote from the last episode was. Of course I'm respectable I'm old politicians ugly buildings and whores all get respectable if they last long enough that was John Houston to Jack Nicholson in Chinatown 1974 directed by Roman Polanski written by Robert Town one of the great screenplays mm, mm, of all mm. time uh, yep. totally agree 100% so my new quote is in the world of advertising there's no such thing as a lie there's only the expedient exaggeration
0: not hitting me right away. I'm gonna to have to go home and think about that one. All right. I know you two have seen the movie.
1: I know the line. I just can't. Yeah, you know, I just can't place it.
0: All right. So if hey, listen at home. If you think you know uh, or you want to know, sign <laughs> good on for you. Come on, good for you. Get a life. Come on, <laughs> come on to the web. Come on to the website at uh, www.vintagestan.com. For the answer, for some more background info on all of our episodes, and this one, too, on Chloe Zhao, and uh, we are warming up, guys, brace yourselves, for episode number 40, 4-0, we've been doing this for four years now, it's, yeah, we started in the spring of 18. So, right. an idea birthed in a Chinese restaurant that no longer exists, so and yeah, sadly, yeah, the cottage is gone, so we believe when don't hold us to it, but we're going to do do our third uh hidden gems uh episode uh films that focusing on one film each that we think deserves more respect and attention than it has gotten so tune in for that in june um again please check the website remember we are available as always on spotify apple podcasts and soundcloud and in the interim happy watching have a safe and wonderful holiday keep the faith please folks There is, you know, to quote Tennyson, in my favorite poem in the world, come my friends, tis not too late to seek a newer world. Uh, It's gonna get better, and Vintage Sand will be there when it does. So,
3: and as ever, we hope fervently that your favorite films are always streaming.